want to speak, kids, for about 20 minutes. I hope that's all right. And I want you to pay attention. In fact, the title of this message this morning is Pay Attention. And to help you pay attention, I've got a little task for you to complete while I speak. Are you ready for this? So kids, here's what I've got. And when I say kids, I mean anyone sort of under the age of 15. Here's what I've got, right? I've got some clipboards with a worksheet on it. Now on this worksheet are a few questions. And as I'm speaking, I will give you the answer to these questions. And if you're listening carefully, you will be able to complete this worksheet. And then at the end of the service today, if you come and show me your worksheet, and if I think it's good enough, there might be a little treat waiting for you. Okay? So who wants to be part of this exercise? Right, do you want to pass them out for me, please, Emily? Some of the questions may be a little confusing, but you've got adults near you or next to you. You can ask them to help, okay? There we go. So listen carefully. You will, as I'm speaking, you will find out the answers to those questions. I want to talk about paying attention this morning. There's a picture that I want to show you. Can you flick up the next slide for me, Nigel? This slide was a famous picture several years ago. A picture of a dress. And um, it was called at the time, it was called the dress that broke the internet. The dress that broke the internet. The reason it broke the internet was because nobody could really agree on what color this dress was. Talk to your neighbor and tell them what color or colors you think that dress is. Go. Go, go, go. What colors is that dress? Okay, stop. Okay. Stop. At the time, there were many people who said that this dress was white and gold. Who agrees? White and gold. Yeah? But there were also lots of people who said, no, 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 the dress is blue and black. Who agrees? Oh, isn't that bizarre? We've got about a 50-50 split in this room. Some people look at the dress and think it's white and gold. Other people look at the dress and think that it's black and blue. Isn't that a bizarre thing that is happening? And this picture was innocently put up on someone's social media account several years ago, and it went viral because everybody was discussing and debating about the color of this dress. Some people said white and gold, others said blue and black, and the debate and the discussion got quite heated and got quite intense, and everybody began to chip in to this discussion. Even some of the most famous celebrities on the planet began to chip in with their opinion. Can you put your next slide up for me, please, Nigel? This was some of the tweets that were sent out at the time from some of celebrities on uh, some really famous celebrities, Kim Kardashian. She says, what color is that dress? I see white and gold. Kanye, her husband, for those who are not down with the kids. Kanye sees black and blue. Who is colorblind? Demi Lovato, whoever that is. Wow, my mind is blown. Civil war in the studio right now. Hashtag blue and black. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, you all know who he is. And for everyone asking, he says, I see blue and black. Who else have who else have we got there? Keep scrolling. Clever, clever use of the Zoom function there. Well done. 
Ellen DeGeneres, some chat show host. From this day on, the world will be divided into two people, blue and black, or white and gold. Are there any more that we haven't seen there? Scroll across. Here we go. Patrick Shriver. I don't know who that is, to be honest. He's a celebrity, though. It's obviously blue and black, says Taylor Swift, one of the most famous singers on the planet at the moment. This was the dress that broke the internet. And there was this question simmering on the broadband waves. Blue or black or white and gold? It was a big question. However, it wasn't a particularly important question. Whether that dress is blue or black or white and gold really doesn't make any difference to our lives. But there are some questions that are big and deep and way more important, right? There are some questions in life that we need answers to that are hugely important and significant. On your worksheet there, children, there's a little space for you to write what you think might be one of the most important questions in life. What is one of the most important questions you could ask about life? There are some really important ones. Questions about life and purpose. How did I get here? Why are we here? What is my purpose? Is there a God? Is there anything more than we can see and hear and feel? These questions are big and deep and important because what we believe about those kinds of questions massively impacts the way that we choose to live. Whether the dress is blue or black or white and gold makes no difference to our lives. But questions about meaning and purpose and God and faith, they make a huge amount of difference to our lives. And these questions can weigh heavy on us because just like the dress, there's lots of different opinions out there about the most important questions in life. What is the purpose of life? There's lots of different ideas and opinions out there. Some people would say the purpose of life is just to have fun. Others would say, no, 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 the purpose of life is to be a good person. Others would say, well, there is no purpose to life. You're all here by accident, so just don't worry about it. Just get on with your life and try not to worry. There are lots of different opinions about these questions. And for many people, maybe even some of you in this room this morning, finding answers to those kind of questions can be a frustrating and a tiresome pursuit. Maybe you're in here this morning with a question. Why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? Maybe you've heard lots of different answers to that question and... Maybe you're just at a place of frustration and exasperation and you're going, you know what, I don't know. Somebody tell me the truth. I just want to know the truth. You know, the debate about the dress rumbled on for about a week. Everyone chipping in, lots of frustration, lots of intense opinion. Some people were adamant that they were right and the others were wrong. Rumbled on for about a week on the internet and then the discussion stopped 
Like in an instant, this discussion stopped. The frustration ceased. The angst subsided. The discussion stops. Do you know what it was that brought the discussion to an end? The creator of the dress spoke up. The creator of the dress. A company, kids, listen carefully, a company called Roman Originals. A company called Roman Originals. Sorry? Blue and gold. That's a different option. Fantastic. Yeah. There you go. See, everyone's got an opinion. The creator of the dress spoke up and they released a statement and they said, the dress is in fact black and blue. Black and blue. This discussion that had rumbled on for a week caused frustration, caused turmoil, caused intense argument and debate and discussion. Instantly it was brought to an end when the creator spoke. And you may be here this morning carrying deep, important questions about life and faith and God and truth. Maybe you've begun to feel weighed down by those questions. Maybe you've become frustrated and exasperated as you've surveyed the answers to those questions and you're none the wiser. Well, I'm here this morning, friends, to tell you that the Creator has spoken. The Creator has spoken. You've got big questions about life. The Creator of life has spoken. And He has revealed to the truth about some of the deepest and most important questions that we can carry through life. And he has spoken for us in the words of this book, in the words of this book. In this book, the Creator speaks. In this book, the Creator reveals to us what is true about some of the most deep and important and profound questions that we could carry. And so all of us need, well, let me encourage and let me encourage all of us, not just the children, but the children especially this morning. This book is precious. This book is precious. In fact, it was interesting to me because obviously we all know the Queen passed away recently and they were sort of recounting details of her coronation service and she was given a Bible when she became Queen and the Archbishop of Canterbury at the time said, this book that you hold in, this, in your hands is the greatest treasure that this world affords. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful that the Queen, that was spoken over the Queen when she became our sovereign. This book is precious because God speaks in its pages. And because God speaks, the Creator speaks, it's important that we pay very careful attention to it. You know, there's a book in the Bible written by 
a man called Peter. And the book is called Peter. And Peter, kids, is in the New Testament. Peter is in the New Testament. And in his book, he says this. Can you put it up for me? Thank you, Nigel. This is what Peter says to Christians that he was writing to, but also to us today. He says this. He says, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. Interesting words. Peter says, we have something called the prophetic message. And it's completely reliable. Now, the prophetic message is referring to the message of the Old Testament. The, the words of God that have been given in the, in the pages of the Old Testament, the prophetic message, the scriptures. That's what Peter is referring to when he says, we have the prophetic message. And he says that prophetic message, the scriptures that have been handed down to us, he says they're completely reliable, completely reliable. And so he says, you need to pay attention as you would to a light shining in a dark place. Kids, have you ever been on a car journey at night time? Have you ever been on a car journey at night time? Yeah, I'm sure you all have. You've been on a car journey at night time? So, so you get in a car at night, right? And what do you do? What do you do when you get in the car? What do you say? Sit down, and then what do you do? Put your seatbelt on, and then when the driver gets in, what do they do? What? What does the driver do? He drives without putting his seatbelt on. Samuel, you're being, you're being stitched up here. Yeah. Oh, you can't even drive. So when the driver gets in at night time, they turn the engine on, put the seatbelt on, and then what do they do? Turn the lights on. Turn the lights on because it would be foolish to go on a car journey in the dark without turning your lights on. If you did, you would end up, at the very best, you would end up lost. At the very worst, you would end up seriously injured because only a fool would drive without the lights on. When you're in a dark place, you need a light to guide you. Right? And here in this Bible verse, Peter says to us today, he says, pay attention to the scriptures because they are like a light shining in a dark place. There's another place in the Bible where something very similar is written. This time it's in the Old Testament. And it's in a book, kids, called Psalms. And it's chapter 119. And it's verse 105, and it says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This is someone much older than Peter, and he's saying the same thing. He's saying, your word given to us in the scriptures, it's like a light to guide me, a light to my feet and a lamp to my path. Now, back when the Bible was written, they didn't have cars and they didn't have headlights but they still had to go on journeys in the dark from time to time. And when they went 
on a journey in the dark, rather than taking a car with headlights, they would take something called a lantern or a lamp, like a little glass jar with like a flame inside of it that was burning with oil. And as they carried the lantern, it would light up the path before them. We don't tend to use lanterns these days. The closest thing I've seen to a lantern, I saw it the other day and I was blown away. David came to a meeting at the church a few days ago at nighttime and it was dark and he came in wearing this. This is going to blow you away, friends. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that. That's insane, isn't it? I was blown away when David came. I was like, where did you get that? I've never seen anything like it. Goodness me. He came in with this. Closest thing I can find to a lantern. David brought it in this morning for me to share. But it's a great little tool, isn't it? Great little gadget, David. Because when you're going somewhere in the dark, this lights up the way before you. A bit like a lantern would light up the way of an ancient traveller in Bible times. Now what's really important about something like this is whenever you're going on a journey in a dark place, you better make sure you keep this with you at all times. Don't leave it and walk. No point doing that. You better make sure that you keep this with you, on you, close to you the whole time. Because if you don't, you're going to get lost or worse. You're going to get hurt. And Peter and the psalmist say, friends, the scriptures, they're like a light shining in a dark place. They're like a lamp lighting up the way. In other words, kids, especially, do not let this precious book out of your sight. Take it with you wherever you go because it's a light to guide you. And I don't mean take a physical Bible with you. Sometimes that's not possible. But I do mean take the words of this book with you in your head and in your heart. Wherever you go, keep this word, keep these words close to you. Because your word, the psalmist says, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What's really interesting, and we're coming to a close in a minute, uh, kids, is that these words from Peter were written not very long before he passed away. If we skip back a few verses from that um, verse in verse 19, this is what Peter says. This is just before he talks about the scriptures being a light in a dark place. He says this. He says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. In other words, Peter says, I'm about to leave this earth. My life is about to come to an end on this earth. And he says, I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Peter was writing these words just before he passed away. And so the message of this book was like his final instructions, his final encouragement, his final advice 
for the Christians he was writing to. And isn't it interesting that right at the heart of his final words, right at the heart of his final advice and his final encouragement before leaving this earth, right at the heart of it, he says to the people, pay attention to the scriptures because they are like a light shining in a dark place. You see, Peter knew. Peter knew that the world could be a very dark place. He knew it would be a dark place for those he was writing to. And friends, the world can be a dark place, can't it? You don't need to be a genius to work that out. The world can be a dark place. In fact, some days it feels like it's only getting darker. Peter knew that the world could be a dark place. And so before he died, he said, pay attention. You need a light. You need a light to guide you in this dark world. The scriptures will give you that light. It's interesting, isn't it? Because last week, we looked together at the final words of another Bible character, a Bible character called Paul. Paul. We looked together last week at the final words of a Bible character called Paul. And he said a very similar thing. He was writing to a young guy called Timothy. He knew that he was about to leave this earth, and so his final words, his final instruction, his final encouragement for Timothy was very similar to Peter's because Paul said this. Flick it on for me, please, Nigel. Thank you. He said this. He said, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Both Peter and Paul, some of the most significant figures in the New Testament church story. Just before they were about to leave the earth, they both felt it necessary to write to Christians and to say to them, pay attention to the word. Pay attention to the word. The world is a dark place, but the word is a light for your feet and a lamp for your path. Pay attention to the word. And really that message should sound loud and clear for us today as well. All of us, whether we're old or young in this room this morning, I cannot think of better advice than to say to you, pay attention to the word. Don't let it out of your sight. Wherever you go, carry it with you in your mind and in your heart. Pay attention to the word because it's a light shining in a dark place. This is a light for our feet, friends. We know that obviously Jesus is the light of the world. God has given us a light, most perfectly in his son, Jesus. But the scriptures are a light, and they testify to the light. They reveal to us the light. They light up our path. They strengthen us. They encourage us. They guide us. They inform us. They instruct us. They protect us, and they lead us. This light, the light that shines in a dark place, as Peter said. And so my encouragement for all of us this morning, not just for the kids, but especially kids, especially kids, you've got so many things that distract you and divert you away from God's word in this world. I want to say to you, pay attention to these words because they will guide you. They will guide you. and They will lead you as Jesus reveals himself to you through them. The creator has spoken friends. He has told us what is true and what is right and what is good and what is pure and what is lovely. 
and he's given it to us in the pages of this book. Pay attention to the light. Right, we're going to pray.